Blinking heck, what a confusing predicament. It's so hot, isn't it, Doggo? Is that it? All that crying and shouting for that. Come on, let's go into the woods where it's a bit cooler. Maybe go for a swim. If it's not full of children. Ugh. Well, hello everyone. It's so hot. Dante, come on. Come on. I can't believe nobody's out. Where is everybody? So it's like... I don't know, half past three? Yeah, it's almost half past three. And there's nobody here, there's nobody out. And I mean, it's, it's cracking flags today. I don't know how hot it is, but it must be getting near 20 odd degrees, which is unusual for us in the north. I mean, we've had rain, nothing but rain for the past couple of weeks, so this is a real turn up. But the air temperature is warm, you know, it's not just the sun. Natural air is warm and dry. Which is uh, strange, to say the least. Anyway, I'm in a good mood. I'm just going to make you aware right now. I have no camera with me. <laughs> There's going to be no photography in this episode. There's a little tiny bit, but not a lot. So if you're... If you're all listening to this wanting the regular dose of nonsense that I usually do, you might be disappointed. However, if you're into camera building and stuff like that, stick around because this is going to be a, a real humdinger of a show for anyone interested in camera building and how it all works. Uh, but yeah, no actual image making apart from, like I said, a little bit that I did last night, which I recorded. So I'm very happy because I've just developed a roll of film. In the last of my ID11 that I bought a while ago, after Arxford, um, this roll was a roll of FP4. It's the first test roll from my, my now complete 6x17 camera, which I've been building for about three months, been designing it for much longer, but I've been building it for about three months. Now and again, you know, bits and bats, assembling it all together. And I'm very happy to report that it works. I can't believe it works. I'm astounded that it works, but it works. Um, now, I'm going to talk in detail about the build and all that stuff, but last night, so it's Friday now, last night I went out to test it with this roll of film, and it was the brightest, sunniest conditions I could, I could get. I didn't know when it was going to be like this again. It was no clouds in the sky, perfectly, you know, blazing sun. It was about, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours before sunset. 
so the light was really nice and directional but it was still bright you know I was trying to test it in bright sunlight because that was going to show me where there's light leaks anyway I totally forgot my I didn't forget it I, I explained it in the thing but there's a bit that connects the microphone to the recorder and I forgot that so I couldn't do any recording out and about really I did a little bit by hand holding the recorder and I'm going to let you listen to that now there's no actual image making but I do talk a little bit about what I'm doing so have a listen to that and I'll catch up with you in just a minute um okay so this episode was supposed to be more professionally done but I forgot the little connector that goes between the microphone and the recorder so I'm doing it the old-fashioned way which is just to hold it up to my face and talk which is uh, less convenient yeah. so I'm going to have less to uh, say because I won't really be talking while I set up but I'll still try and get some chattering done while I'm walking around so this is the first test of the 617 camera and this will probably be included in an episode about it I hope this is the first test with a roll of film so I've tested it with paper which is much less sensitive of course and I've currently got a roll of FP4 loaded in it. Loading was difficult. I had to sand it down a little bit to get it in. Which is a problem. But at least I got it in. And it seems to be winding on smoothly. I've just taken exposure down in the valley. Uh, rise and fall seems to work okay. Or as okay as I need it to. Um... It was... Dante? Oi! F32, quarter of a second. Just looking down at the reservoir. I'm back up to the place I usually test these things. Just because I know it and I know the four or five compositions that I can set up pretty quick. So I'm just heading up to the uh, top reservoir now. I'm going to try and get one here. So if this test is successful, which I'm sure it won't be, and I'll explain why on my next manoeuvre, um, I'll probably go before Scotland and try it up on the moors and see how it looks up there. Okay, I'm at the top reservoir now. I'm just going to take a picture looking out over the water towards the end. Fairly simple, bog standard, but nice. Not a lot of reflections going on, but it's black and white, so I'm not bothered about compositions really. I'm bothered about seeing if this thing. Ah, hang on. I'll lock there. I've got like an elastic thing I can stuff you in. So, yeah, it's going to be a fairly bog-standard composition. What? No, I'll talk about that in a minute when I, when I get going. Let me just take this picture and then I'll, 
I'll discuss a bit further. Okay, so that was the second exposure of the reservoir. Um, I'm hoping this section will be like the first bit of a longer episode. I wish I'd brought that other. It's just, it's because I've been teaching at home this week. We got sent home. So my podcasting equipment has been hooked up to the computer instead of my shirt. I've not been out. This is the first time I've been out for weeks photographing. So the little, the microphone doesn't connect directly to the recorder. It's got a little middleman, which I've left connected to the computer because I'm a silly moron. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, This test is not to see whether it can take a picture because I know that it can do that. I've made a paper negative. It looks okay. I've not made a positive yet. This is to see how it handles under direct sunlight. It's it's like half past seven, but it's a sunny, cloudless day. I would have come out earlier, but it was just too hot. And I really wanted to see how bad the light leaks are. I fixed all the ones that I could find with paper. But paper's one thing, film's another. I was going to use HP5, but I'm going to be shooting mainly FP4 in this camera, so I figured I'd better use that. My biggest worry is that the dark slide that I have made leaks. Because if that is the case, I have no idea how to fix it. I hope it doesn't, because put three pieces of quite thick felt in there to prevent that happening so I hope it doesn't because I really don't want to have to pull the thing apart I reckon that eventually I'd like to make a different back a different film back because this one's a bit clunky I'd love to 3D print one but I'm not I'm not very good with 3D printing. I've never really done it, so (laughs) it'd be terrible. Um, But making a film back is not hard. Making a film back with the dark side is hard. So that's my biggest worry. The other worry is focusing issues. Now, I think for the main, I'm going to be using quite small apertures for landscape stuff. But I'm going to do the next two, well, at least one. I'm going to do a really shallow depth of field because I need to see if the ground glass that I've made is the correct distance away. Because if it's not, I need to sort that out now. I think it is. I think it's precisely 11 millimetres away. But I could be wrong. I could be half a millimetre out. So 
some nice backlit trees down here. I'm going to photograph these. Then I'm going to go around and try and find something nice and shallow that I can do. Because I'm not after serious compositions, but I'd like to be able to come out of this with something pretty. Even if it is full of light leaks. But I am fairly confident, you know. I've done the design work. I've used the materials as best I can. I've measured all the tolerances. I've done the work. Now it's just a case of nipping things up, which is really the easy bit. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take this picture while there's no one here. I'll come back to you when I've done that. Okay, that's that one done. That was one second at F32. Just because I'm in the woods and it's a bit darker. I'm just going to wait for these two to uh, move on a lot better. I don't know where they're going. But they're not going on my path, which is fine. Probably going to smoke weed in the woods. <laughs> or, uh, you know, other nefarious deeds. I mean, they looked half undressed already. <laughs> I can't begrudge it. It's a lovely evening. Anyway, back to the uh, testing. So, focus is an issue that I need to work out. As is, I know where they're going. They're going down to the old sluice and jump in the water. Yeah, focusing light leaks. I'm mainly worried about the dark slide light leak, but I'm also slightly worried about the uh, film back, the actual back, because it is on and it is difficult to get off and it's not going to fall off and I did put black velvet around the edges but you never know, it is a potential risk so I think a strategy I might have to use is taping around the edge Holger style. Um, to be honest most of the engineering went into the dark slide not the actual back of the thing so if I do remake it that'll be something I definitely have to work on um I'm trying to think yeah winding on is not a problem now that I sanded that roll of film down and if that's what I have to do every time I really don't mind it's worth it might just spend an afternoon while I'm in Scotland just sanding down each roll a little bit it doesn't take much, it's just a few goes on either side. Um, it's not going to affect them being in any other cameras. Holger's not going to mind a slightly sanded down roll of film. Neither is the uh, Strangefinder. They're the only other cameras I'm using, really. I'm taking the Bronica, but I don't know how much I'm going to use it. Anyway, I'll talk about Scotland when I'm, when I'm going to get there. Ooh. Uh... Yeah, I'm going to talk in more detail about this when I do a more thorough test. I'm literally just out seeing what it does in different lighting conditions, well, in bright conditions really. So I'll be developing it with the last of the ID11 that I have. Before I break into the X-Tol, I'll mix that up before I go to Scotland. If I do have any light leaks that are serious, I've no idea what I'm going to do. It's going to be a case of not pulling the dark slide all the way out, basically. 
which means I'm going to have to draw a little line on it that tells me where to stop because that is literally the only thing uh, stopping the light from getting in so that's what I'm thinking anyway I'm going to leave this recording here because I'm not going to be talking in much more detail without the microphone uh, I'm going to try and make one more exposure I've only got one more left four shots on a roll with this thing come on come on uh, and it's going to be up here in the sun so I'm going to try and get something against the dark background because I really need to see if this focus works so I shall see you for whatever else episode I end up with about this and hopefully I'll go into more details about how I made it and the decisions that I made and hopefully I'll be a happy happy Henry anyway hasta luego so that was last night that was the uh, actual image making process and my idea was I'd go somewhere I know really well somewhere I'm you know I could just move around pretty quickly I spent zero time composing I just set up pointed it at focused metered took so I wasn't worried about composition as you heard I was literally focused on uh, light leaks because that was the main concern whether the camera was going to leak light or not and there's this slight teeny tiny weeny little bit of fogging in the top part of the negatives right at the edge not, not on the negatives on the film base so I'll not really know until I scan it but I can figure out where that is and I, I count that as an acceptable loss because it really is it's barely fogged you know I didn't even notice it first time I only noticed it upon inspection underneath a bright light so I don't know how it's affected the images but I don't think it'll be too much so zero light leaks and I'm just astounded that there's zero light leaks because I was expecting huge light leaks from the dark slide that was the main worry but there doesn't seem to be any so I'm very pleased to announce that the camera actually works works <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna I'm just enjoying the feeling you know when you make a camera and uh, when you make a camera you accept that something is gonna go wrong and it was not a plain sailing design process I'll say that there were things that went wrong but alright alright all in all it went pretty well I did a lot of the thinking up front whereas I think what happens a lot of the time is people design with the materials they've got which can lead to some problems I think but I did most of the designing and like I say the thinking way before I even started picking up materials so 
I think I've mitigated quite a lot of the problems that I could have had early on. Which is good. And that's probably why there's less light leak than I was expecting. Come on Dante! I'm just letting him cool down in the water a bit because it is really warm today. I should probably take him out later. Come on! But we can't. Ow! Come on! Here he comes. Goodbye. Come on, move it. So, there is one small catch to this. Oh, I know where that light leak's come from. It's not even the camera. Okay, I've just worked it out. I don't need to worry, I don't need to worry about it at all. So there's one small issue. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. I just want to talk about the camera first. So, it's based on a 4x5 design. And you know, or those of you who've listened to this before, know that I built a 4x5 camera uh, a couple of years ago. In fact, the first episodes of this show were about that camera. And it featured things. You know, you could rotate the back and shoot landscape and portrait. It had rise and fall, tilt and swing, but it had rise and fall, tilt and swing in that you un unscrewed one thing and moved it around and hoped that it stayed in position. Um, focusing was tricky. The bottom plate was wobbly. It was all a bit rickety and frail, but it produced a nice image. So it worked, it was serviceable. Before that, I tried to build a 617 camera, which had many of the same problems, except it was enormous and clunky, and just generally didn't work. There was big light leak issues from where the dark slide went in, and it was just generally pretty poor. So this time I approached it slightly differently. Instead of just going back to the same files as the 4x5 camera, which I still have, and just cutting the same pieces. I completely redesigned it from the, from the bottom up. I mean, every piece was redesigned. Okay, I think it's gonna get pretty loud down here. So I may just, I'm gonna stop this recording and carry on talking when I get back up into the woods because it's nice and quiet there. Hi everyone, just a quick message here just to thank you for listening to the show and that every single listen and every single listener is massively appreciated. It really does warm my heart to know that so many people enjoy the show and enjoy hearing about mine and Dante's adventures in the world of photography. If you would like to support the show and contribute to buying film, buying chemicals, organising trips and equipment, then you can. The coffee page has got some more stuff going up on it and I'm going to be a little bit more active on there going forward. If you feel able to, buying me a coffee would go a long way to helping make the show possible. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions, you can get in touch by emailing tellsfromthemagicbox at outlook.com and of course all the images from the show are available to see on Instagram. Tells from the Magic Box podcast is the thing to search for. And if you really want to get in touch, Twitter is a great way to do it. You can message me 
or just join on one of my random chats that I put up there at TFTMB. I always enjoy hearing from people and it's great to know that the community is out there. As it stands right now, my zine is still for sale and I'm running a special offer at the minute. You can buy zine, Strange Finder in Oxford, which is images from my trip to Oxford last year. And with the last nine zines available, there's only nine left, you can opt in to get a limited edition colour print from Scotland. There's two prints available, there's the red foam box and the rusty roof. So message me if you're interested in those. Details are on social media. Alright, let's get back to the adventure. Okay, there we go. As I mosey on past the old campsite. I oh, wish I was camping. I really do. If it wasn't uh, so close to Scotland and I'd have another week at work, I would be away. So, the camera features tons of stuff. And I put a lot of effort into designing particular things that would help it do things. There's a couple of things I need to re-edit just to make them work a bit better than uh, normally would. But generally it, um, it seems to be okay for the most part. So it's got a front standard which accepts the lens board that I made for the 4x5 camera. It's not a standard lens board. Couldn't be bothered making a new one of them, so I just made it accept the one I already had. It's just 3mm plywood. The front standard features rise, independent from tilts, um, and that's done with a separate piece of plywood which can rotate through, I think it's 30 degrees or 25 degrees so you can independently move you can tilt the lens independently of rise and fall and the there's two control knobs to do each one um, I was quite pleased with myself for that one but I nicked that from Shen Hao didn't uh, invent that one um, it also features shift and swing which again are independent of each other. You undo one knob and you can shift it sideways. You undo another and you can swing it. That's something I need to re-edit because I cut it wonky because I was rushing. But it's okay, it'll service for now. It does what it needs to do for now. Then you've got the bellows, which is made in the same way as all my others, it's black card cut into the bellow shape and then you've got well this time I used black vinyl plastic to stick on the inside which is matte so bouncing around the light is going to be a bit less and then kind of this thin leatherette on the outside to give it that leather look and the two layers it does it's not as thick as the 4x5 one, but it is a bit thicker. The only thing I wish I'd done is made it... I made the actual individual things, the bellows and things that fold up 10mm. kind of wish I'd made them 5mm or 7mm, 
just so I could get a bit more compression because it's not as flexible as I wanted however I did have the genius idea of making the bellows removable so you can actually take the bellows off there's a couple of frames on either side with magnets in place which just click into magnets on the rear and front standards so if I did want to make a longer bellows or a different bellows this just pops off it's totally replaceable now I was a bit worried about light leaks there but it's not been an issue because the frames have light baffles on them and I did worry about having to put some velvet in but it's not been a problem so it's got removable bellows in case I want to like I say make some longer ones or thinner ones or different ones or if they get damaged I can just replace them instead of having to you know peel them off the camera and that idea came from uh, Stephen Lloyd chroma camera so thank you for that it was a long time ago you helped me out with that one <laughs> oh good boy very good boy that's what we like okay I'm just gonna cross this road which is gonna be quite loud no 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 we're going into the woods you are getting a proper walk we're not skimping on walking just because you're lazy now the front standard and the rear standard are 12 millimeter softwood plywood I was gonna get birch plywood but I already had this stuff and it's fairly solid when it's treated it's fine it's fairly waterproof or water resistant I should say it's not waterproof the only mm, it's not that it's not strong but because it's softwood not hardwood plywood it is obviously not gonna be as tough however it weighs nothing and I had this camera on my back for a good hour last night and I didn't feel a thing you know big bag didn't feel a damn thing so there's that so the the entire thing is 12 more plywood 3 more plywood there's some pine in there and the metal parts are aluminium or plastic 4 mil bolts there's nothing really heavy on there the rear standard is uh, similar to the front standard it doesn't move it's just fixed on two support rods however what I did do I made a base plate that sits on top of the bottom rail bed of the camera and I made that separately I um, have this idea it's currently just screwed on with two two uh, bolts and thumb screws but my idea eventually is to route to some grooves in it so that the whole thing can slide backwards and forwards so that I can extend the uh, bellows distance you know if I get a, a longer focal length um, so that's that's, an, that's a, a potential future thing I could design I've also <laughs> so um, on the rear standard is another frame which accepts a ground glass uh, plate I suppose 
and the film holder. So the ground grass plate is several layers of 3mm plywood that are just stacked up with a 2mm piece of glass with a, a, a surface ground into it. Now that was made by me, I have the, I have the grinding stuff and it's just picture frame glass. I was going to use some thicker stuff but I had this line around it was fairly easy to cut so I'm going to make it, I've not glued it in yet because I wanted to test whether focusing worked and it seems to so I'm going to screw that in so that if I need to replace the glass at any point I can and it's very easy for me to do so and the other reason I use picture frame glass is it's cheap so I can just make a new one if I need to which is always good that's it, what was it? go get it! <laughs> um, so that just pops in and out not, it, not like the 4x5 camera it actually comes out of the it pops off the back it's held in place by two rotating clips which I just made and I made for the 4x5 and they work really well so when you take the when you focused on the ground glass you take the ground glass plate out and you put the film holder plate in and then you can take a picture now the film holder itself is very tricky to make before when I did this I cut the ground glass which was three layers of black plastic and then a very thin aluminium sheet which went between them what I did wrong last time was I didn't put any light baffles in there and I stuck it on the outside of the box that the film sits in which meant the light was getting in everywhere so this time I put three layers of felt in there which the aluminium sheet slides past so it cleans it and it protects it from light when the aluminium dark slide is not in the camera and that seems to have worked really well I also built it into the body of the film holder so that no light is able to get in around the edges which you know seems to have seems to have worked really well Dante we doing we doing Dago Now, um, something I've done that I'm not super happy about. I wish I'd, I wish I'd thought of this film box a bit differently. I was trying to make everything small and compact, so I made it out of 10 mil pine, which I had to cut by hand, and that's fine. But I did, um, I did cut one of the sides slightly too big, so. A full roll of FP4 is it's like half a millimetre too big and it wouldn't rotate. So until I can get a chance to make a new one, which I fully intend to, I have to sand down <laughs> the film that goes in it <laughs> just a little bit, just to either end, um, purely to make it fit and once I'd done that a little bit it did work just fine I didn't impact the negative anyway but I've worked out that that little bit of light leak came from when I was trying to get the film out after I jammed it in there and I was trying to get it out I actually accidentally poked the side a little bit which 
obviously cause light to leak onto the film before I've taken any pictures. So that's where that came from. So I'm not worried about that. I don't think the, the film light leaks at all. But I'm just going to have to spend a little bit of time, like an afternoon, just sanding down all my roll film. <laughs> just so that it fits in this camera. Or, you know, all the ones that I intend to use in it. I'm not going to use all the ones in it. Now, that's an acceptable loss for this year. Certainly this trip to Scotland. But like I said, I would like to remake the back. I'd love to 3D print one, but my 3D printing skills are non-existent, so I don't, don't be using that. Um, but I'd like to remake the back because there's another couple of things which I'm not happy about. The back doesn't, it does sit on, but it's difficult to get out because I'll put a box inside, which limits the amount of movement there is. I'll put pictures of all this up on Instagram so you can see. But it does limit the amount of movement there is, and it makes it difficult to get the back off. The back is held on with magnets, but they are not seated properly and there has had to be a layer of velvet in between, which, you know, is, it is what it is. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. But the good news is the back doesn't leak light for the moment, so I can rest easy a little bit, knowing that that isn't an issue. Um, trying to think what else I need to talk about. Frame counting was fairly simple. Uh, I could see inside the red window, fairly okay. Use the same stuff I use for the strange finder, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, the focusing rail. The focusing rail is a it's a macros focusing rail for DSLRs, I reckon. Sits on top of your tripod. I used to do very fine-tuned focusing and that's just bolted to the bottom bed with, uh, funnily enough, with a, a tripod thread that just screws in because it was easier than trying to drill it in and getting it wrong like I did with the 4x5 camera. Any other design features I put in there? I'm pretty sure there's something. Front standard. Rear standard. I've done all the movements. No, that's it. So it's simple setup. It just pops out the bag. I don't need to fold anything or you know un unbuckle anything. It just sits. Put the lens in. Focus. It's very quick to set up and go. Um, changing the oh, putting the film holder in places fiddly but doable and then taking the picture is easy had to get a new bag though none of the bags I had were big enough to hold it which is good because I wanted one and I managed to find a oh what's it called now a mammut something or other so it's a good outdoor hiking bag and it has that rear entry that I was talking about which is great Oh. That's just annoying. <laughs> Throwing dogs for Dante. <laughs> Throwing sticks for Dante. And it landed on him. <laughs> um, now, future plans. 
for this camera. Now that I've made it, I've made lots of features that are, you know, adjustable and modifiable. I'd like to make, if I want to make another film back, I'd like to make at least two. Then I can have colour and black and white on the go at the same time. Because even though it only takes four pictures, I still reckon, oh, I've got to talk about winding on. I'll talk about it in a second. So I'd like to have, you know, colour and black and white on at the same time, just in case, you know, I'm shooting something I kind of want to see it in both. But I can, I can cope for now. Yeah, winding on. So I, I make these winders out of steel and they're fairly simple to do. You do them on the lathe and then hand file them down into shape. But unlike the strange finder where the lid closes on, I had to make these I had to make these ones lift up so you could get the film in and then pop back down. I tried springs, didn't work. Um, I tried just lifting them out with just a threaded on winder and it was wobbly and didn't work properly. So what I've ended up doing is where the full unexposed film roll goes in, I've just got two 4mm threads which tighten into place and allow it to spin freely. It's the right size, it allows them to spin, you know, without getting tight. Then at the front I've got another 4mm thread on the bottom for the take-up spool. That goes in the bottom and I've got a winder on top. Now I remembered, because I've used magnets to hold all this together, that one of the undos I think used magnets to uh, keep its film holders down. So I did, I glued a washer on, put magnets in a piece of wood, and now I've got a magnetic winder, which is great. I need to glue it on properly because it did start to un, you know, unthread itself last night. But I've now got this magnetic winder system, which works very well. It got caught at the end, and I'm not sure why that is, but for most of the roll, it seemed to work, and it didn't fat roll, which is the crucial thing. You know, it didn't get wound up over the ends, it wound on the middle, which was good. <sighs> Putting film in the camera is the most tricky bit, and this is one of the things I'd like to change. Instead of a wooden box inside, I'd like to have two aluminium spools or, or you know, rods in there that the film can roll over. Um, that can take the tension, you know. So I'd definitely like to redesign the film holder take advantage of stuff I've designed since and make a better dark slide I think not that there's anything wrong with the one I've got really so there's lots of things I could change about this but overall I'm really pleased with the way it's uh, the way it's come out it looks fantastic I've got a lot of nice messages on social media about the way it looks and yes I will admit freely that while there is a lot of handcraft gone into it I do have a big laser cutter at school and I am the only one who knows how to use it so I use it. <laughs> Perk of the job. It's all my own materials. I, I didn't you know take advantage of it that way but in my downtime I like to just do this stuff so I did. It doesn't impact on anyone's anything it's just you know me taking advantage of the equipment that I've got access to. Everything else I did by hand, you know, cutting the plywood done by hand, 
making the film that was basically done by hand. All the assembly was done by hand. Um, do, 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 do. I can't think of anything else now. Yeah, I've covered all the main points. Oh, there's one more thing I'd like to mention while I've just remembered it. So, the base that I attached uh, the rear standard to, I made it so that it unscrews. As I said before, I'm going to try and put some grooves in there so it can slide backwards and forwards. But two threads and it pops right off. One of the advantages of this and the fact that I've made the bellows replaceable, I can put, well, I can make and manufacture different backs for this thing. The front standard is great. It moves the way it should and it accepts the lens board. Lens boards, I've got a stack of them somewhere that I cut. You know, they're easy to make. I can make four out of one sheet of plywood. This gives me opportunity to remake a 4x5 camera. And I've already started. Unfortunately we got shut down, so I've not been in school all week, but next week I'm going to try and get it finished. I am making a interchangeable back system for this camera. So I unscrew those two bolts, I pop off the dark slide, the uh, bellows, and I insert a new one, which is 4x5. This will accept the same 4x5 film holder holder and ground glass that I already have. And it just means that I can use all that stuff. You know, instead of making a different camera, I can just use the same camera and just replace the back, which is just wonderful because one of the things I love most in all the world is modular design. And this camera is truly 1000% modular. Interchangeable lenses, interchangeable backs, interchangeable bellows. It's just the works. So I'm really happy that it works as 617, but I'm also really happy that I can modify it to work 4x5 as well. And who knows? You know, 5x7? I'm not going to say 8x10, that's a different build. But, um, you know, I can make it fit all sorts of stuff. 6x6, six, six, any number of things. And I'm really excited about it. So I should, in theory, when I go to Scotland, be taking a 617 camera and a 4x5 camera, all as one piece of kit. That's the plan. Oh. And I'm very excited about it. Even if I sound a bit tired, because despite being at home all week, I've uh, had to relive the horrors of teaching from home in July in a heatwave in the top of my house. <laughs> so I'm just a bit brain fried, but I'm glad I've been out and been able to test it with film. And I'm super glad there's no light leaks, which was my number one worry. So um, other than having to sand down the film rolls, I don't see any problems. There's a couple of things I need to glue, 
and one more thing I need to edit but in general it's done and it's been a pretty simple build really I mean the design of the thing is um, some would argue the hardest bit then finding time to manufacture all the pieces yeah that's that's tricky uh, there is one more thing I'm the way the laser cutter is set up it was on its own standalone computer now it is on essentially my my computer my my room computer what this means is that all the files I had on that standalone computer are still on the standalone computer and I have not yet had a chance to get them off it is my intention to at some point make all these files publicly available for people to download, print out, stick to materials, send off to outsourced laser cutters and make their own. I really want people to be able to do this. So I'm going to spend a bit of time maybe over the summer drawing up some different plans and those will be available somehow. If I can get the original laser cutter files I will do and tidy them up a bit because they're all a bit all over the place but maybe sometime next year I will be making these 617 plans available for free unless you want to you know contribute to the show you can do but um, yeah absolutely free I don't want anyone to have to the whole point of making this camera was I couldn't afford a camera I couldn't afford five grand for a Shenhow you know I can't afford how much it is, even in Intrepid, it's it's just unjustifiable at the minute. So, I have the skills, I just made one. So I don't want anyone to not be able to have these things because they have to pay for it. Yes, you have to pay for materials, but I made this one for under £100, minus the lens. The sheet of plywood was enormous, but you can get them smaller, a lot cheaper. Um, the laser ply is like... £1.50 a sheet and I think in the end I used about seven or eight sheets. The bolts and washers and nuts and screws and things are cheap. Got them from China. It costs very little. The focusing rail is like seven quid from eBay. Yeah everything's very cheap so it's a very affordable design and uh, yeah the plans will become available at some point. Just bear with me because it's, it's difficult to do. And it's a lot of work for me, so it's going to be a bit of a long process. But that's my episode on the 617 camera. Dante, treat, treat. I hope you enjoyed it, even though there was no photography. I'm going to go and do an image review now, though. So, um, what was I saying? Before all that traffic. Da, 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 da. Can't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to do an image review because... I fully expected these negatives that I got to be totally fogged, but they are clean and crisp and beautiful, so I'm going to review them and they will go up on social media. So keep your eyes peeled and um, we'll be back to a proper adventure in the next episode, whether that's in a couple of weeks or next weekend. I don't know, I'll let you know. Okay. Au revoir, and I'll see you for the next one.
Alright, so the image review. This is going to be fairly quick, I think. Uh, we, excuse moi. We've got four images to look at. Um, obviously, it's a roll, so you get four pictures on a roll. You have to forgive me, I've got hiccups and I cannot get rid of them no matter what I do. So we get four pictures on a roll. Um, two of them are meh in terms of pictures. Two of them, one of them is freaking awesome. And one of them could be freaking awesome apart from an issue. So exposure's fine. No light leaks. The light leaks. There's a, sl a slight light leak, but I think it's to do with um, where I pried the uh, side of the film thing off. Um, so I don't think it's to do with the camera, but I'm going to do another test just to uh, just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure it's to do with that and not the uh, the the camera. Oh. The camera or the dark slide back. Um, yeah, so the the exposures are fine. The um, composition is obviously not very good because they didn't put a lot of effort in. But there's the one of the uh, looking down on the reservoir, and the stuff in the foreground is fairly sharp. Some of the background's a bit off, I think, and that's the same in the next next one of the top reservoir the trees at the sides are very sharp but the tree in the middle which is what I focused on isn't so sharp so I think and I'm gonna have to prove this with further testing I think there's a slight focusing issue which I need to resolve I don't know whether it's because the ground glass wasn't firmly attached it is the correct distance away I'm just hoping that either I missed focus or it is an issue but this is a problem in the last image uh, the one of the style which I did a close focus test on and the actual bit of plant that I focused on is not the bit that's in focus the bit that's in focus is really nice but it's not the bit I focused on so I'm worried that there is a bit of a focusing issue with the distance to the uh, dark slide um, sorry the uh, ground glass so I'm going to do another test I don't quite know what I'm going to do yet but I'll figure something out but yeah the one of the woods it's beautiful it's exact exactly what I wanted in a a 617 shot and I'm really happy that now I'm able to make these kinds of images um, yeah it's pretty magical so the next step is to do a further test and you know make sure that it works uh, sorry make sure that it works fine this is probably really horrendous to listen to I've had these hiccups all day and I cannot get rid of them no matter what I do but I need to record this today to get this out for uh, Saturday so yeah I'm super excited I'm currently in the process of finishing off the 4x5 back so I think I think what I'll do is I'll test those at the same time and make sure they work uh, I think the 4x5 back will because I'm using the same actual ground glass as, as the previous one I've just put it in a different frame so yeah um, I don't know if I'll do another episode on it I'll just pick it up when I get to Scotland but I'm super excited to shoot some colour film in this um, see how that looks yeah it's uh, it's pretty exciting st stuff so thank you for joining me on this adventure sorry there wasn't actually any picture taken in it but I did get four nice pictures and they will go up on Instagram uh, like I say any questions queries comments about this any advice just give me a, uh, a shout I'm very comfortable and happy talking about this so if there's anything he wants to know let me know oh I have managed to get the computer um, working so 
I'm going to be getting all those files off there and putting them into a, a more readable format at some point. But that will probably not be until maybe winter. So yeah, thank you for listening. I'll see you for the next episode, which will probably be going back to April. I know I said that last time, but I'm not doing any more photography now until uh, till August, which is only a week or so away. Anyway, goodbye. You have been listening to Tales from the Magic Box. Me and Dante would like to say a massive thank you to Mike Gutterman for lending us some of his music for the show. It really means a lot to us and it adds a whole other dimension to what would have been a pretty dull podcast otherwise. Also thank you to Kevin McLeod for his wonderful opening music and thank you to all you guys for listening. What do you think Dante? (laughs) Okay, I'll see you guys for the next one. Bye.